what is going on everyone my name is Jonathan and I'm the host of the Amen audio experience we're here uh, with a great guest today and I'm really really excited about the episode that we're going to have Travis Huff um, thank you so much for being on the show you're welcome brother thank you and I'm so grateful to be on your show it's uh, your boy Travis too tall and Huff and actually I was just uh, watching your uh, interview with uh, the ever uh, table, uh, Everbowl, Everbowl, Everbowl. Yep. Man, that guy is amazing. Jeff, that was a crazy story. I was just watching the video. And so just, I want to give a quick shout out to you for just your interview style. I like the way you got pulled out a lot of interesting things out of that interview. And, uh, but yeah, it's a pleasure to be on your show today, my man. It's, uh, a grind as always. We're starting the, the, the cyber Monday week here. You know, I know the podcast is probably going to issue later, but we're starting the grind here. Another week, another day. Um, my, you know, my life and story really is about challenging yourself. You know, um, there's been many challenges. I was even thinking about prepping this morning here for you is that I've experienced many challenges in my life and it's not only about what happens in those moments because sometimes it feels like there's no way out, mm -hmm. but it's more about like what happens after those moments, mm -hmm. you know, because <laughs> you can only stay in a, a down period for so long as my mindset, you know, that's just who I am. I'm the optimist. I'm the person, but we're all going to have downtime, you know? And, uh, you know, really at the end of the day, I, I'm a little guy from Fresno, actually not a little guy, but a little tall guy from Fresno. I was going to uh, say, aren't you isn't it in your Instagram bio six, eight? Yes, sir. Yes, well, that sir. is six, eight. You're the man I want on my, uh, my rec league. I'm, Absolutely. <laughs> my man. We need Absolutely. some hype. Let's I'm ball not, out. let's ball out. I'm not over six foot, so I'm I'm uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> well, hey, you know, there's positives and, and benefits of being tall, uh, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, there's there's my story was I at one point was overweight, majorly overweight. Like at okay. least when I was uh, 17, I was probably close to the, well, I my freshman year in high school, I was almost 300 pounds. Wow. Yeah, and I was a smaller frame, so I wasn't six eight at that point, folks. Obviously, you still usually kind of grow, and I was young. So I was a little bit, you know, there's a lot of reasons why maybe my parents got divorced. There's a lot of different things, but bottom line, folks, it's food, mm -hmm. lack of exercise and food. And so around 17, when I started graduating, I was around 17 and you know what? I said, I got to take control of this challenge in my life. I was overweight. It, I wasn't feeling good. I knew that you can kind of just see the trajectory of yourself and say, well, if I keep going this path, by the time I'm 27, I was 17 at that time. By the time I'm 30, I'm going to be 400 fucking pounds. Mm -hmm. And it was like, dude, I, pff, the girls aren't going to like that. The, the, you know, just, just being in public is, you know, obviously there's a little bit of humiliation when you're six something feet, you know, you can kind of pull it off. That's the thing. Right. But so that's when I made a big change in my life, folks. And the change was where was I eating? What was I eating and my activity? And it, yeah, so I mean, what's start there? What's influenced? And that's really funny. This is a completely different direction that I was going to ask you about you, but yeah. this is totally about you. I yeah, love it. We're gonna um, get into do, it. Yeah, we're getting into it. So it was there someone specific, like as you started looking into health and what you ate, was there uh, a couple people or maybe any books or anything that you read that kind of once you started looking into this, it really started inspiring you to continue making the change? Well, folks, this is before YouTube. Okay. So this is 20 years ago. This is 20 years ago, folks, when I made this change. So it wasn't like as it is now. There's like the, you know, anabolic aliens. There's all these fun channels on there that do quick, fun, hit cardio workouts and things like that. Back then, there wasn't really much out there. To be transparent, I had a good buddy, Jared. I'll give him a shout out. He's awesome. He 
he was always into the gym. He was that guy that was always fit. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what? This dude's always fit. I got to figure out what he's doing. Because at the end of the day, when you go into the gym, there's a little bit of like intimidation to like what to do, where to go, what it's intimidating. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I mean, beyond just hopping on the treadmill and sitting there for an hour, going into the weight stuff was intimidating. You know what I mean? And also being a taller guy, just you have a bigger frame and yeah, you're sticking out already. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so people, there's meatheads in there still today. I was at the the gym this morning, 5 a.m. And there's still people in there that are pushing weight more than I am. And I don't care. No worries, man. Push your weight, dude. No worries. I'm walking in and out of there. I'm getting in and out my time that I got to do because I have a life. Mm -hmm. I can't spend three hours at the gym anymore. I wish I could, but I can't. So the goal was back then was just figure out what this person is doing that is fit and kind of follow them. And lifestyle-wise, my man Jonathan, was soda. First Mm -hmm. was soda. Taking the first step, soda. What was your biggest step? First, soda. Okay, you're consuming way too much soda. This dude doesn't consume soda. He's consuming water. Make that change. That was one of the first ones, straight up. Second one, fast food. I was eating way too much fast food. I had been making money and we'll get into the story of, you know, sales and making money and starting businesses and always kind of having a little bit of money due to my own hard work. You know, I never was like always dependent on my parents for money. I kind of always had a job or hustle or sold some stuff out of the garage and got in trouble, whatever. I always kind of had my own money so I could buy fast food. But the thing is I realized was, was the extras. Mm, So like stuff you were layering on top of the normal yeah, so just buy – if you're going to go to the fast food, just buy a burger. Mm-hmm. Don't buy the side of fries and the drink. Mm-hmm. And that's when I – that was the start. That was uh, – sounds, it sounds crazy, folks, but there's probably people out there today that are ordering the sides of fries and soda that can make that small, small 1,000-calorie cut. 1,000 calories you cut out. Well, you're – you're tacking on sometimes, yeah, like you said, a thousand calories, but sometimes yeah. it's even small little differences, like 500 calories at a time. Yes. You do that for every meal. That's yes. an additional, you know, 1500, maybe 2000 calories, depending on how many meals you're eating. You know, if there's a late night snack in there yes. for, for me, that's so, so interesting. You say I, I, uh, was in the hospitality industry for the longest time and working in restaurants. And when you work in All restaurants, right. you know, the, the soda fountain is oh, right yeah. there, the coffee oh, machine, yeah. I mean, you, and you can access it for free. And so all day long, you know, it's a quick hit of, you know, soda, a little bit of Coke, a little bit of Sprite. And that's great. But the problem yes. is it really wreaks havoc on your teeth. Yes. It wreaks havoc on, you know, your overall system because you're instead of eating food, you're just taking, you know, these little bits of sugar and carbonation. Yeah. And it makes a huge difference. Drinking ice cream. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. And I, I mean, you're constantly being educated. Now, I'm, folks, this is 20 years later. Okay. I'll be transparent to you. I'm six foot eight. I got... I grew after I started going to the gym. So after I started getting to the gym, maybe my testosterone hit, everything hit. I grew about eight inches. I went from around six foot to six, eight. Within a few years of actually taking, taking these changes out of my life. I don't know if it was just from that, right? It was, I was probably still going to keep growing because I, I had graduated young from high school. Are your parents tall? My parents are somewhat tall, but not six, eight. You know, my uncle, 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 it's like six, two. So okay. that's like the tallest person on any one side of all my family. But part of it was probably the working out. Part of it was probably just getting your testosterone at that right time, making the changes at that time. And then just from that day, folks, I haven't stopped. Now I've taken time off. I've done breaks. I've gone through my periods of this and that. I would say today I'm probably at my peak because I, I'm in more control of that. But 20 years later, six foot eight, 
close to the 258 to 263 right now. Wow. That's that's based on my day, you know, and I'm not completely ripped like these people. I still got stretch marks, dudes. I got all sorts of shit from being 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. But that's I look a- completely different. It changed yeah. my life. So that's the start, Jonathan, of a great story because that was in college. That was my in my in my my very critical time in my life because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do in life. I had a variety of relationships and things, and and I had been working in family businesses, folks. As probably most of the people you know, you hear about that are entrepreneurs, they had always been an entrepreneur. Like I had got in trouble one time because I basically went around with a box of stuff I thought that was stuff I could sell, but it was actually my parents' heirlooms. And I like oh, no. sold it to the neighbors and like oh, was no. selling like pots and pans and like yeah that stuff's cool but like, I had to go back to the neighbor and say you know what I can give you these ten other pots and pans but I got to get this owl back because it's like my great grandfather made this for my mom and I didn't oh, realize no. you're just a kid you're like ten years old or less refunds I mean? the worst yeah. the worst part of retail right. right exactly I learned early on customer service because I had yeah. to like knock back on the door. And then I did paper routes. Me and my buddy had a lemonade stand. We just had all sorts of different things that I always found a way of having a little bit of money on my hand. So you know? is that was that modeled for you by someone in your family? I mean, you said my dad's an entrepreneur. My dad was okay. an accountant, you know, but that's not typically your your traditional entrepreneur. When no, you see he was an accountant. Yeah. You're like you're not thinking like, oh, he's a entrepreneur, but he is. He was so Absolutely. he was modeling that for me in a way. Um, Later on, as I got through my other adolescent years, I had a neighbor, uh, a really good friend, Gavin, that neighbor, a buddy, and his dad was an entrepreneur. So he really helped model it. I actually started working some of his businesses. He had a pottery business. He had, they had a, him and my mom actually ended up hooking up uh, on an idea for a, like a wish candle. It was like a, it was the first at the time before Amazon, before any of this stuff, but it basically played and sparkled the birthday song when you put, when you hit it and it actually was selling at Baskin Robbins and everywhere. It just was the wrong time. You know what I mean? They didn't have e-commerce. If they had e-commerce, it would have been an easier business to like scale it totally efficiently instead of having to put inventory out and be in the stores and you having all this inventory problems basically because you're having to constantly put inventory as you know, in retail, it's it's the, it's the the thing they talk about in Shark Tank all the time. It's like, you can have the best idea, but you're going to end up if you're in an inventory business, like literally in like inventory hell with account receivables from Walmart and Target, and you're just like waiting for money and stress because you don't get this money. You're in these stores, folks. You're being sold everywhere, but did they tell you? Did they tell you? They're not paying you for 20 freaking years. They're not paying you for at least... At least sixty to ninety days. At least sixty. At least sixty to ninety. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe a year. I've heard of up to a year, and you're waiting patiently for a year to get your money. (laughs) And I think the larger larger retailers, it's actually going to take a little bit longer, you know. And they can because they're going to order the volume from you, and you're totally willing to do it. But then at the same time, you're really being stretched thin. I want to pivot a little bit. I want to talk about what you currently do, and then I know a lot of the stuff from from you know your background is going to come out. Uh, Really excited about it. You have the Be Real Show. Yes, and sir. I love your enthusiasm. I love your interviewing style. Uh, you're very, um, uh, you're very, you're very passionate, and that really communicates. Not, it's not even just on camera, which you know, you're an animated guy, but uh, in your voice and your presentation, I just, I just love that. So it was great checking out some of the shows. I would love if everyone who is listening now would would go and and check out Travis. He interviews some really interesting guests. Um, talk to me about real time outsource. So absolutely. Um, so yeah, the journey was my, when I, so I graduated college, uh, Fresno state, I got the opportunity to work at Disney 
Disney is a great company. I learned the television broadcast business. Disney owns ABC Television, which has 10 own stations, one in Fresno. So I got a chance to work, folks, on selling advertising on you know, marketing campaigns on, on local clients, but also even McDonald's, even bigger clients. Wow. So after about four years of doing that, I realized a few things. First, we were started putting content on abc.com. And let me pause you really quick. So it, walk me through. So you're out of your, are you graduated from college? Did you do yes. like an internship? To get I got that? blessed folks. I put out 50 resumes. I got two calls back. I got one interview and I hit out four uh, interviews recurrently with that company in advertising. I okay. also had stuff at Cintas and some of more more sales boring kind of things, but I was interested in advertising. I always thought that was very cool. You could create campaigns for local businesses, put them on, and it worked and make money, you know. And so, yeah, it was such a blessing, man. I mean, I give people a shout out like this now. You, you can just put little clicks on LinkedIn, like link, link, ding, 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 and enter like 50 resume things. You might not get seen. My thing, folks, I sent a huge. Uh, huge file folder it said top secret on it it said if you share this with anyone it's going to explode it's not your typical resume <laughs> the boss herself hated it the bigger boss himself thought it was creative she this is the craziest thing folks she could not i put it in a legal folder a, like a legal size folder she couldn't file me away in her cabinet fast enough the big boss came in bob he came in looked in he's like picked it up he's like we got to interview this guy <laughs> so That's I would have awesome. never got the shot if she had could put me away, if she could have put me away. So I always say, folks, try to do little things to stand out in this world of just clicks and easy things. That, you know, try to take that difference. If you're ever getting your first shot at, I'm blessed. They, I was the first hire that ever had hired out of college. Wow. In that position, it was because of the big boss. It was Bob. He took the shot on me. So I killed it, folks. I did really well in that job. I really did. I, I worked hard, though. It's a very tough business, you know? And then after about four and a half years of, of that, I started seeing the trend of digital. When my clients started saying, I can't track how many people are on your Oprah commercial, but I can start tracking how many people are on Grey's Anatomy on your online commercials, then I started saying, okay, digital is definitely the way to go. Then obviously Hulu started hitting. Netflix wasn't even really there yet. It was still Hulu. This is in 2009. I think maybe Netflix was just starting with the delivery of the DVDs in the mail. You know yep. what I mean? It was not where it was. Yeah. It was just the beginning of things are just changing. I just started seeing it. I thought, okay, the business is changing. So Jonathan, I'm sitting down at Starbucks with my buddy. And folks, I believe this, truly believe this in my heart of hearts, what I'm going to tell you right now. Sitting down at Starbucks with my buddy. And he says, people are going to need their Facebook pages managed. And I just, I ran with the idea. So what I'm saying to you, Jonathan, the start of real-time outsource and why I'm telling you guys this folks is the best ideas you ever had don't happen from you. The best huh. ones, the best ones are not your ideas. They're the ones your buddy at Starbucks sat down and said, someone's going to need their Facebook pages managed. And how crazy did that sound at that point? Because at, at that, that point, point, yeah, I mean, it sounded scary. Early. Yeah, it's 2008, 2009. Yeah, it sounded scary. It was it was over a holiday coffee, which is around this time of 2008, and I started my business June of 2009. Okay. So it it just Following planted some. the seed. It planted the seed with me in that in that holiday retreat. And what I started doing, Jonathan, is putting together a PowerPoint because it's still been working at the other job. You know what I mean? But putting together a PowerPoint of what this will look like, how I could manage this, how 
you know, what we would actually do for customers, you know? And then also obviously kind of thinking like, who would I want to talk to about this? You know, cause you have and to start thinking, that? well, I started talking to a few agencies, you know, and that's still one of our biggest customers is agencies. One of my first conversations right there, folks is still one of my biggest customers. They have like, I want to say 50 or so campaigns, maybe a month reoccurring. So and when you say, and really quick, so just mm-hmm. for the audience, when you Absolutely. say managing Facebook pages, yes. are you saying you're, you're posting stuff in their feed, funny yes. cat videos, or are you running <laughs> like, I have to throw the cat videos in there oh, or, yeah, or are you, um, doing uh, Facebook marketing Yes. or is it a little bit of both? Every client's a little bit different back then. What it was, Jonathan was just coming up with content to post on their page for them, whether that was sales stuff. Now, folks, this is back in the wild, wild west where you were getting a shit ton of organic reach. Yeah. You're getting a ton of organic reach. And I'm excited fact, to actually ask you about that a little oh, bit. Oh, we're going to talk about that, yeah. too. We're going to talk about how that's changed <laughs> and also the things you can do, folks. But just remember, folks that are, are talking right now, that are listening right now, the best ideas happen from the things you listen to. And you capitalize. Put a PowerPoint together, put a shitty logo together, and start talking to people. Too many people are waiting for funding, waiting for this, waiting for a website, waiting for a perfect logo. And so we just ran with the idea. Jonathan, we just ran with that idea. We had our first customer. It was the largest home developer in the world right now. Fortunately, they had a local branch. She took a chance on it because the company was progressive on Facebook, but she needed help. So that was my first check. You know, boom, I got a check created a bank account and it was, that was, it's on from there. And that customer, even though we can't do full scale work with them, because in fact, sometimes relationships change, they had to, uh, as corporate wide, they were not, they, they were forced to not use any contractors as far as for social media or any digital specifically and forced the internal marketing people to do that at the, uh, individual locations. Okay. You know what I mean? So the relationships change, but also we still help them in some ways. We help do some reporting and some tracking of what they're saying. So things evolve. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. But the point is, folks, is that get that check first. Don't wait. Don't think that you need to have like the perfect PowerPoint, the perfect logo, the perfect website, the perfect this. Our websites evolved. Our 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 logos evolved. Our everything's evolved. Everything evolves. And so just don't uh, let that stop you. From going out and, and taking, especially if you're in a service-based thing, Jonathan, you know, especially for those that are going to do something where it's just you serving your time to help the client do something they want to do. Mm-hmm. And those are the best businesses, I think. I mean, yep. because for me, it's a cash positive business. It's not you having to go buy a bunch of inventory or go spend, do, you know, doing this training and all this stuff to not even get a customer. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, too many people are going through mastermind courses and all this crap. And it's like, dude, I believe if the mastermind course is right for you, then go for it. I'm not talking shit on anything related to masterminds, but I've been seeing so many masterminds on sale right now for 95% off on my feed. It's insane. So if they're, Monday, if they're, if they're putting this shit for 95% <laughs> off, what are they making on this thing, man? What are they giving you? What, I mean, what's the real people paying? Cause you know, this is just a funnel. It's just a funnel. You click this, you buy this. And then the next thing they're going to go sell you this, they're going to sell you this. They're going to sell you this. And I'm not saying, I'm not talking crap on those businesses. I love those, but those kind of businesses aren't going to get you. They're going to just give, they're just going to take your money. They're not necessarily going to, going to give you a success plan for you to make it happen. And especially I've heard of ones that are 10 grand, 
$10,000 someone's going to take out of your wallet before you even get a check. What if you can't get a check, Jonathan? I hear you're passionate about this. Have you ever been a part of a mastermind? No, I haven't. Okay. I have, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I feel like my podcast is a mastermind. Totally. I'm interviewing people. I'm getting nuggets. I'm learning from them. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at those people. I'm just saying that don't let that hold you back. The YouTube is your mastermind. That's a really good point. YouTube's YouTube like college nowadays. And there's a shit ton of content. Whatever this person is selling you in a mastermind. Let me just challenge you guys this. Whatever someone's selling you, look on YouTube. Click the same topic and see what, how, there's probably hours of free content on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Start there, build a PowerPoint and see if you can get a check first. You, if, if you can get a check, then go do the mastermind. If you can build a business and you have the money, then do a mastermind, you know, but if you're spending 10 grand to go become a social media marketer, do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like totally. So that's a really just, good point. Like the, the, it's <clears throat> just a hustle, man. And still today, Jonathan, if I could go back, I probably wouldn't have started a real time outsource. Okay. Why is that? Cause it's a hard business. It's not an easy business. Knowing what you know now, what business would you start? Something related to software. Okay. Something like related to like a SaaS business, like software as a system, like yeah, yes. Okay. Something related to software, you know. And and we're we'll pivot down the road here. Software is a part of our business now, you know, because we have reporting tools and we now have some reputation tools that we're we're integrating for customers, but. Still today, we still have real-time outsource, dude. I can't just shut down my doors. Mm -hmm. I have hundreds of campaigns. We're managing their content. A lot of the customers are happy. I have one customer, Jonathan, last week. They got over 400 shares on one post. Wow. A local business. A lo this is not nationwide. Yeah. We're talking 400 shares on a local business, like a local LA business or a local New York business or a local, it's a Fresno business. But And I could give you guys, if you want to check it out, go check out Kids Care Schools on Facebook. Because we figured out the algorithm and we'll get into that now because the algorithm has changed. So that's part, the biggest part of also of our business, Jonathan, it's so challenging is that the, the algorithm's always changing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know this too. Yep. Right when you get one thing figured out. Before we get into the algorithm and, and some of that stuff, I wanted to ask you about the podcast because you said that the podcast is your mastermind. Oh, what yeah. inspired you to start the podcast? Did it, I mean, you're already in advertising. Was there a bit of um, like marketing that you saw like there, this would be an advantage if you start a podcast? Because podcast is basically radio. Like, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, on dude. steroids and, <laughs> yes. you know, a privatized uh, almost version of that. So t t talk to me a little bit about like what, um, what inspired you to start the podcast? So I started, I've always been interested on in interviews. I always yeah. like interviews, you know, interviewing people, watching interviews. I still today, Joe Rogan, one of the best interviewers out there right now. Let's just be real. One of the best. Go If you, if you don't believe me, go look at his YouTube and look at the views and how much engagement he has versus any of your top people in the major media. He's a great interviewer. He gets these awesome people on there and figures it out. The point is I figured out I love interviewing people. I've always wanted to interview people that I've been inspired by. I've admired in social media marketing. Uh, I've been inspired in business, you know? And then I thought, okay, they're not gonna come to Fresno. They don't wanna do business with real-time outsource. They have no reason else to talk to me. Let's create some sort of platform 
and kind of seeing like John Lee Dumas and some of these people that had, had these interview styles. So I knew there's people that wanted to get on them. And I was like, dude, let's just run with this. Let's just go and, and see what happens. And I started just honestly hitting up my friends, like yep. all my friends on that I had, uh, you know, anybody that I could get on the show, shout out to Jack Kozakowski, you know, my boy, uh, 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 Michael Lucchese. He was like my first ones. I mean, these people are still doing the same thing. Jack's taken off in social. He's like a really big influencer. He's become, he's become a thought leader and he's become someone you know, people look to, to learn about trends and social selling and LinkedIn and, and, uh, and, and then the list goes on now, you know, I remember what first started was, uh, Jeffrey Hazlitt. I don't know if you're familiar with Jeffrey Hazlitt, but he was on the celebrity apprentice and I was okay. in college and I was like, he was the CMO of Kodak. Now I knew Kodak was like a kind of a dying brand. Right. But it was just like thinking of, wow, that would be so cool. As I was a, a marketing student, like to be the CMO of a huge brand and Absolutely. he was the guy. And I was like, Oh shit, this guy's awesome. I just kind of liked his style of how he kind of talked and, and I, he just stuck out in my head. And so he was one of the ones I don't even, no one even know cares about him. Or as far as like, he's not Elon Musk. He's not. And you, you interviewed know, him? I, yes. Yes, sir. Oh, I've had him twice on the show because wow, he wanted to okay. come back and, and talk about his book again. But yeah, I, I along the way, I've had all these little moments where you get, you go on Twitter or you watch a YouTube video, like with Kai-Fu Lee, I did uh, with uh, about, oh, shoot, about six months ago. He's a uh, AI superpowers. He was the ex-CEO, Google China, billions of dollars or millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in a venture capital fund, you know, where he's funding these guys in Silicon Valley and is, was, I think, an early investor in Alibaba and some of these huge Chinese companies. So he's, he's doing well. He's doing yeah. well. And I just was watching a YouTube video, you know, with him and my boy, uh, Tom Bilyeu. And I was like, I got to get this guy on my show. And I just tweeted at him. And then eventually he said, let's do it. You know, and I <laughs> oh, changed awesome. the, I changed the schedule and I just said, let's do it on whenever you're available. You know, like I'll make my time available. We did it like on a Saturday, which is not normally when I record. But the point is, folks, on anything you do, you have to stay passionate about it still today trying to find that new person to interview. I would love to get Taylor Swift on with to hear what she's going through right now with all the, with creating content and then having someone buy it. And then you maybe have to re-record everything. It's just the so whole crazy. controversy with Scooter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just That's crazy. Cool. You know what I mean? Like, so who, do you, who do you think is the most popular, most well-known person that you've ever interviewed on your podcast? Right now, I would say Tom Bilyeu is one of the popping, most popping guys, man. I don't know if you're familiar with Tom Bilyeu, Impact Theory. The uh, I didn't see. Did you? You interviewed him? Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Okay, well, folks, we're going to all go check out yes. this. Yes. <laughs> uh, the real show. Like we got to. The episodes in the hundreds somewhere. I mean, I've interviewed okay. so many different kind of people, but he was one of the ones that stuck out as well as our interview stuck out, folks, because we had to re-record. We had to like it like cut off three times throughout the interview. And Tom still stuck with me every single time. And I think it was on his end, but he was just such a blessed guy. He, I, I, same thing. I just said, saw him on his quest nutrition. He was doing quest theory. It was called, cause he's the, he's one of the owners of quest nutrition folks with the quest bars. And you know, one of the three founders of that business. And, uh, I just was like, dude, I got to freaking get this guy on the show, you know, and his show has taken off. I mean, if you check out Absolute impact theory impact and theory. also if you check out also like he has other YouTube channels that they own that are not impact theory branded. I don't know if you know that, but you'll see him out there that there's a lot of other motivational channels that have like millions of views and it's all his stuff. 
it's all his stuff, but it's under different names and it looks completely different. It's like different clips of different stuff. And so he's doing something big folks. Like he's putting out multiple communities of content around his content and he's got the team to do it, you know? So, I mean, he's one of my favorite ones. There's been so many different kind of interesting ones that who I, do you, who do you want to interview? Elon Musk, Donald Trump. Yes. Uh, I would love to interview Peyton Manning. I would love to interview, shit, I'm looking at The Rock right now, Bill Belichick, Al Pacino. Joe Montana's right behind you. Joe Montana, Simon Cowell, J-Lo. I mean, there's there's so many fascinating people, and I know I won't get half of them on there, you know, because it's not the right audience, et cetera. So in business now, I start thinking, like, who I want to get to on business, and I think – Tactically, folks, just if you were to give you a strategy to start in your own podcast today, it's real easy. Create a topic, find guests. If it's your own friends, get your own friends on the show first. Hey, X buddy, one, two, three. And then start outreaching. Start outreaching because, and the key thing to do, I'll tell you the hot topic time to catch these people is when they're putting out content like a book. Like a movie. I might be able to get J-Lo on the show if he did a book. I might be able to get Belichick on the show in 20 years or 10 years if he puts out a book about how he mastered NFL. Yep. He's not going to come on any other time. So, But when they do a book run, when they do a a promo run, they got to almost take these podcast shots. They almost got to get on them now. They're hearing about them. They got to be on them. If they get the opportunity, they're taking the shot. Two things. So first, I think what you're tapping into is you're starting to think, you're starting to be empathetic and think in terms of what they're thinking about. So right now, Bill Belichick has no reason to be on yours or really anyone else's podcast, right? But then if he goes and releases a book, you know, if he's he's in a different place, and so now all of a sudden, selfishly, he's thinking in his head, man, I got to get on some podcasts. Yes. I got to start talking about this. So oh yeah, you'll have built the brand, and as you continue to build the brand, then he'll have a great reason to come on and he'll be excited about it and he'll want to do it. The second thing I wanted to ask is, you know, what happens if, if someone's listening to this and they're saying, you know, great Travis, like, you know, I hear what you're saying. You know, I like listening to podcasts myself, but there's so many podcasts out there. Right. You know, right. like the market's super saturated. You know, it's like any other saturated market. Why don't I just find something else that's a little bit less saturated? What, you know, is that, do you think that's a valid argument? Do Absolutely. You think- Everything's saturated. Okay. Facebook saturated. Explain that. Instagram. Everything, building the community anywhere is saturated. Unless you figure out TikTok right now, I think that's the only unsaturated place as far as like getting tons of organic reach and just going viral or whatever, whatever that brings you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like unless you, if your goal is to go viral, then I think TikTok's the only one where there's maybe like a ton of place to just get tons of reach and figure it all out. But if you go to anywhere, go to Instagram right now and start building an Instagram community, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Shoot, I talk to people that have a few million subscribers on their Instagram. They're getting 10 times less the engagement than they used to get. Mm. I used to get 50,000 or 100,000. Now I'm only getting 5,000 likes or comments or engagement. So they're having a challenge to just fight to get anything with it. And and that's because what do you think, right? You know, ads. You see ads everywhere. Boom, 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 boom. Instagram stories, same thing, add, 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 add in the Instagram stories. Now you're going to see more Instagram stories ads. Every third or every fifth, depending yes. on. Yes, as much money as they want to make. Throw a second yeah. one in there. Why not? Let's throw those. Hey, you know what? That's the that's the truth about this business. That's the truth about digital. That's the truth about building a community. So none of that shit matters, folks. Still people are building communities. 
my customer kids care, which is a local kids care customer. We just, they take care of kids locally in your local area, got 400 shares and 50,000 people reached organically last week. How do they do that in a community where everything's saturated? We figured it out. And that just means giving the community what they want on social right now, folks, if you're going to give the community what they want, you got to give them funny first, do a funny Friday, do a funny Saturday, lighten your feet up a little bit. People are too corporate too looking fancy every post. And if you don't believe me, go type on Google, your industry right now, find a meme and share it. And I guarantee you that will be your most shared or most engaged meme of the whole year. Mm-hmm. I guarantee That's a really it. good point. Oh, people I like entertaining. You. The entertainment they love it. value is huge. Yep. And what do you think Facebook loves? They love the shares. They love the interaction. They love yep. you staying on their platform. They yep. don't want you leaving their platform. Mm-hmm. So when they see that you have content that people share, what do you think they're going to do with your next posts? Make sure people are seeing it. They're going to kind of keep encouraging <laughs> right it. Right there, dude. Yeah. 150,000 people reach. Me and my wife have a funny cats page. It's a funny cat page, folks. It started as a hot, it started as a support page, meaning a page that we could put out content on for our team members. And we still use it for new team members to train them. Hey, go find funny cat memes, schedule them into the page and like learn how to engage and learn how to do the beginnings of what it takes to manage a real page. Right? Mm-hmm. Dude, this page has got 175,000 people on it. It has <laughs> posts. My wife does posts last week to get over a hundred thousand people reached organically. And now we're starting to make a little bit of money. We're starting to monetize it with cat related um, books and things like that, that people would want to send us, you know, send, you know, send their traffic to. So the point is, that's cool. You have to build it first community first. If we were just trying to start by sending people to different Amazon pages, do you think it would be the same? Mm-hmm. So think of your business the same way. Well, Funny well, works are, right now. People are trying to, you know, people sniff that out. People are oh, yeah. smart. Like they know, yeah. you know, don't, Put a meme, don't make your own meme with your own logo. Yeah. Don't. If it has someone else's watermark, use it. Trust me. Do Why you, is that? No one wants to be a billboard. Okay. Branding logos on on photos on social doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't, let's just put it this way. You're not going to get more shares. Mm-hmm. You're going to get less. You'd rather take your logo off, you might get more shares taking it off. I've done tests. I've just seen it like posted so the same photo. So what about that business owner that's listening right now that says, okay, but you know, we're trying to have, uh, we're trying to keep the content consistent. We're trying sure, to be on sure. brand, right? Of course. Be on brand most of your posts. Okay. On three of your posts, do these three things. One day a week, be funny. We already hammered that one out. Second day. Second day. You can pick any days. Be emotional one day. Tell an emotional story. Talk about a customer. Talk, talk, show, uh, showcase a story in your industry. Uh, the one that works every day without fail, my man. Motivation Monday. Mm-hmm. Gratitude Sunday. Find a gratitude quote. Find a home quote if you're a home business. If you're a family business, find a family quote. It's an emotional quote. It's not going to get shared quite as much as the funny one. The funny one's the lead of the pack. The funny one's going to work every time. Going to get the most shares. People like being funny. Second emotional like or motivational or, you know, kind of inspiration that comes from that. And lastly, a contest. 
So you can be on brand with four posts. If you're doing seven posts a week, four posts a week, put your logos on them. Do everything. Make them look high scale. Take the highest quality photos. Three other posts. Have fun with it. Be emotional or be kind of inspirational and be have a give a contest. Do a timeline giveaway contest. You know, there's just so many different ideas on, on Google. Just type in Google timeline contest on Facebook and start playing with it. Give away stuff. If you're tricking the algorithm on those three posts, your other posts will get actually more love. Hmm. You don't believe me, go to Hertz or Dollar Rental Car right now on Facebook. I always bring this up because they're a big brand and they have hundreds of thousands of followers on there and they get like two likes per photo. And every single one is on brand. Every single one looks awesome. They have a great graphic designer, by the way, folks. But if they shared a funny rental, like a like a clown car, like like this is not your car as you get here, you know, like just funny shit. Mm -hmm. Do you know that page would be popping? What are brands that do a good job of that? Because you said Hertz and Dollar. I mean, there's maybe. a ton of good brands out there. I think that uh, man, like a Wendy's or like a yeah, Wendy's, Taco Bell, McDonald's. They all do a really good job on the high level. But most of the people that are listening or most of the people are going to be smaller businesses that aren't doing Absolutely. that kind of stuff. You know, that need the day-to-day -day tactical strategies. They can figure it out. And shit, if Hertz doesn't want to figure it out, that's their bad. To be transparent mm -hmm. with you, I just gave them the, the the juice right there. If they did three those three posts. If they gave away free rental cars, like $100 in free rental cars or like $1,000 in free rental cars, if they gave a funny-ass car, clown car memes or just, you know, funny rental memes, you know, you could just imagine there's like just so many different funny ones on there. If you just type in rental car meme. And then lastly, if you were just emotional with like reasons why you drive and like, you know, fun things to do in the car while you're driving on a trip and just think about, you know, they would be killing it. Absolutely. But instead they're talking about themselves trying to send people off Facebook to a se separate landing page and all these things which just kill the reach. Every mm -hmm. time you try to send a post away from Facebook, they're just gonna go like this. They don't want you to leave. Same with Instagram. Why, why would they want you to leave? You are only gonna be able to get people to send them off your site if you use Facebook ads. Mm. So when you use ads, you can content. guarantee yep. because yeah, you're paying for people to say, okay, that makes sense. But just to expect that my post in the landing page, the second they see that link, I don't care what they say, they go, sorry. So I'm just saying the big thing is at the end of the day, we've had to learn along the way. Jonathan, shoot, those three things might not work in a few weeks, but honestly, they've been working for a while. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's like it's hidden, but what you talked about in the beginning is why I think most people go to, we want to look on brand. We mm -hmm. want to look on logo. We have a certain font that we need on every single photo. That shit doesn't work. So yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Please go ahead. Now, if you need to look on brand and on logo and everything, make sure that you do that with your ads because you can force millions of people to see that if you're spending big bucks. Mm -hmm. But with your organic, turn it into a community around your business. Mm -hmm. If it's a rent, if you're thrifty, a really point. you're a rental car community. If you're Wendy's, you need to be sharing funny ass burgers that don't look like yours. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, they will get more reach than they are today if they did mm -hmm. that once a week. But then most of them will not do this. Most brands will not do this. Just, just so you know. So to give kind of a definition for the audience, obviously we've kind of talked about all these different things. Absolutely. So, re so real-time outsource, you're a social media and ad influencer agency. Yes, ad sir. Yes, okay. Sir. And you do ads management? We so do what do you guys do? So how we do, you just do everything in social. Okay. Everything is social primarily that anything related to have the, to running a campaign, uh, primarily organic content 
that goes out on the page. Okay. And then also I would say a big part of our team's time is moderating. As you know, as you build communities and you have people commenting in and all this stuff, you have like comments coming in. So just trying to respond to all those. Um, and then actually, as we're talking here, you know, we've actually moved into another business folks. As I was sitting with a conversation with my customer, Jim, who owns, what do you think he, Jim owns? Kids care. Jim owns kids care. And you know why Jim believes in me? Because he got 400 shares last week on one of his posts. And that's just one of many of his posts that have been getting hundred to 200 to 50 to 70 shares each post. So what Jim said is Travis, you need to start a re reputation and review business because I need more reviews for my business. What did we talk about in the beginning? Jonathan, right? We talked about the best ideas come not from your head, from other people's. What do you yep. think I did? I said, Oh shit. He gave me the gold. <laughs> he, gave me the he said, I'm going to be your customer. I love it. He wrote the check for me. I mean, he said, he gave me the idea and the check. I love it. Those are, that's what you want. What do you think I did folks? I looked up reputation software. You probably bought a mastermind though, right? We did. We bought 15 masterminds and then we went to uh, $10,000 each, right? <laughs> you know what? I put my mortgage on my house <laughs> to, get, to get this business. You know what? We created honestly after Jim right there, 21 customers right now. We're just still, we're just still in the beginning phases of, of rolling out this reputation software, but we're building case studies to like it being successful and it works well because honestly, Jonathan, what we talked about in the beginning is it's a business that is kind of more automated and less about having to have people working on all this stuff. Bots can't handle all your social media. True. They have to, you have to have people. I've seen too many mistakes. And if you're working with customers that have big businesses, you can't say the wrong thing. Yeah. People will really good point. take that screenshot and put it to the news, man. I've seen some crazy stuff. So bots can't operate this stuff. It has to be people. And also, so then if the more campaigns you have, the more people you have to have. And so that's our biggest, uh, you know, constant challenge is making sure we have team to handle the projects. You know I mean? That where the reputation business is awesome. My man is that, the customers manage everything. They have the access. We train them on how to upload their Excel file and then the software does it all. So for reputation, you're talking more of auditing. What's, are, are you talking about auditing what's going out online? So what this what's thing on does, Yelp, what's on. Yes. So what this thing does is actually it goes and find, and, and this is something I, I was educated to in the reputation business. The reviews you have on Yelp, Google, Facebook, are not your reviews. Hmm. You don't own those. If you have a Yelp page, you know because they hide some of your positive reviews. Oh yeah. You don't own your reviews. Just remember this, folks. This is I've been educated to this after getting into the review business. You don't own those. Those platforms own those reviews. Just first, just remember that. So what this software first does is this. Say you upload Jonathan your customer list. The software goes out and what does what's called a drip, meaning it chooses between five and 15 of those contacts per day because the platforms don't want you to collect a ton of reviews in one day. Mm -hmm. If you collect like a hundred reviews in one day, they like look at that as negative. Yeah. And I've talked to the people at Google about this. They look at this as negative. They'd rather have you hide a bunch of yes, them. Most on of them. Yelp, especially. Yes. So, so what the software does is it automatically goes out and sends out a message to this, to this customer and says, thank you so much for doing business with us. Or in some case, like we work with a lot of medical, so, you know, thank you so much for your visit with us. Um, we really appreciate if you could, you know, basically ask them for how, how likely are you to refer us to a friend or family, you know, and get their, what's called net promoter score, their NPS score. How likely are these people to refer? 
I think the cool thing about this is it's such a simple thing for them to answer, but it kind of puts them in the head of referrals. Mm -hmm. It kind of automatically puts them in the head of like, oh, I need to maybe refer out business to this customer, which is nice. It's just it's subconscious. It's subconscious. Mm -hmm. So then the next day, say you gave us a 10, boom, click 10. The next thing it will take you into, we would really appreciate it if you give us a review and capture that. So it captures the review, obviously like five star. If it's three star or under, it stays into a, like a private message mode where it basically sends the, the customer a private message instead of it blasting out there on the social. And then the next step is what it does is it captures that review. Now these reviews are, Jonathan, are the ones you own, okay? Mm -hmm. So these ones are owned. And then also what it does is then the next email will actually send out for, for them to actually share this on Google, Yelp, you know, pick the platform, it reminds them. It kind of has a little process. It doesn't, it's not annoying. You know, it's not going to be sending out stuff every day, but like one or two emails just to remind them if they didn't fill it out the first time, you know, along the process. But the most important thing is this is the last thing it does. Jonathan it has a, a tag widget. It has a, a widget that we put into the customer's website. And so every new review that it's capturing, it then starts marketing it on their website. That's huge, huge. And Folks. you use, and that, it you use that on your site? We do this on our side. Yes, you've seen I this, saw, right? Right. Yep, rolling through. It's, it's really easy. cool. It's just a simple software. And like I said, it's just so turnkey. And then as the reviews are coming in, it automatically updates it. Same thing for the customer. And then also then all, uh, asking them to go share it on Google. You know, So it first captures the review internally and then kind of gets you to kind of go, hey, share this on Google. Share this on, which are the secondary, I guess, places I'm learning now where it's, those are you know, you know, kind of marketing, if you want to call it reviews but they're not your reviews, you know? So mm -hmm. very interesting because, you know, you never know what will change with the platforms. You know, they might start saying, Facebook might start saying, no, you know, we're not going to show your reviews or whatever or charge. Well, they, can, they can choose to use the data however they yes. want to. And they can, yes. I mean, that's theirs. Yes. Yeah. And so not putting yourself at the mercy of the different platforms because they're the ones, they're the kind of the bridge between you and your clients. Absolutely. A lot of times. Absolutely. So, yeah. Mitigating that customer, kind of that customer gym, that first customer gym we talked <clears> about, he came to me originally because he said, I am so tired. I have a 13,000 whatever fan base on Facebook and no one's seeing my posts. Mm. And he was doing everything like Hertz, folks. He was doing everything on brand, great graphic designers, but the algorithm wasn't giving him the love. And so we helped change his mindset by also saying, let's introduce one meme a week. And now what do you think we're doing, Jonathan, with him? How many memes a week do you think we're doing with this customer? Four all of his content <laughs> really outside of the stuff that his internal team does, which they have like an internal graphic designer and they're still doing their own marketing and their own totally. little things. All the content he wants to see from T Huff in the beginning, it was just, please just test this once a week. Mm -hmm. Now it's all the content. So just think what is, what yeah. do you think he, after talking to him, what do you think his businesses are doing in the last few years? Packed. Really? Slammed. Huh. Slammed. He can't, he's at hundred percent capacity. He's in the same situation because he can only have so many locations. He's building new locations, but you can only service so many people. And every single one of his locations is at max, max capacity. And it's not only because of me. I mean, like I said, he's spending money on ads. He's doing all sorts of different things. It's not only because of T Huff, but those 400 shares a week help. I can tell you that right now. That Absolutely. one post that gets 400 shares and like 50,000 people reached organically. Because when you see a funny post from a brand, you feel like more personal. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You just feel like they're cool. Like they're fun. They're like, just like, it's, it's just normal. It just feels like it's more relatable. 
when they're just trying to create everything that looks high visual and this this you know taco does looks like this well shit my taco didn't look like that taco bell yeah exactly be real <laughs> be real with what your food looks like it's my taco came cracked <laughs> i had a crack in my taco i couldn't even eat that shit last time i had a taco uh but the one in the social media man that shit looks good perfect you know? the lighting so like, Dude, yeah be real just be real about that part of the and then and, and and don't have to do with every post you don't have to do with every post but i think so that's I a question about that real quick and and um, you know, so you hear about a number of different people, Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm sure you're, yes. you're familiar yeah, with, he's legit. um, a number of different people. There's this kind of struggle that I've heard in the creative community, especially about this idea between quality content and quantity of context for putting out, let's say 20 or 30 posts a week, right? right. That's a lot of posts per day. Posts. <clears throat> Say again. That's a lot of posts. That's a ton of posts, right? You post. hear Gary V saying, you like I've heard him, you know, maybe a couple days ago saying, "Oh, you got to go on TikTok." Obviously, he's going really hard on TikTok and LinkedIn right now, um, and so he's like, "You need to post." You know, someone was saying, "Oh, I, I post one time a day on TikTok." He's like, "You need to post four times a day." Right. Right. <laughs> In, inevitably, unless you're spending all your time, especially if you're a smaller business, right. unless you're spending every single little bit of your time, there's going to be a natural drop off in in quality. You're not going to be able to produce the post is what you're saying though the production of the posts is not really the unlock because we're not creating a masterpiece here we're just talking yeah. yeah the key is just actually giving the audience what they want instead of just talking about yourself and your fancy salad show us a shitty salad and a funny meme so how do you how do you figure out what they want because i assume in certain communities they do want the beauty absolutely they do the absolutely and quality 100 percent hundred percent. It's not for every brand, but the key is about unlocking the engagement. Or if we talk about challenging of the or, uh, algorithm, you got to do stuff that's off brand. You know, it's just, it's the truth. And so uh, for those that are want to be on brand, I mean, the truth is you're going to have to just spend some money in ads. Bottom line, boost every post for 20 bucks, boost every post for five bucks, boost every post for $1, boost every post for a thousand dollars, whatever your budget is. If you want high quality content, that looks just amazing and sends people off your site, let's just, off Facebook, let's just say, you're gonna have to put budget behind it. I mean, there's just, that's the truth, as far as if you want it to actually get the results, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think most brands, I think uh, on social right now, they're struggling because everything looks so on brand. And I think as a local small business, Jonathan, it's very hard to create four TikToks a day. Yeah, absolutely. It's very hard. It's hard for anybody. So It's hard to make four posts a day. It's hard to make four posts a day. On yeah, Instagram so Gary, or Facebook. Or Gary's whatever. got a whole team, so it's easy for him to say that, obviously, folks, but he's he's in, been in the game. I've been watching that dude forever, and he's been grinding, and the best thing about Gary V is that he gives all his best ideas to you for free. Mm -hmm. There's no there mastermind. Go. There's no shit behind it. Go follow Gary Vaynerchuk, and now he's got a huge team, so he can put out more content than he did, let's just say, even five or ten years ago. He's got a bigger team to put out more of this stuff. It's not him putting to get TikToks together. Mm -hmm. He's being filmed, and they're taking that content and turning it into TikToks. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think that maybe is the next step, Jonathan. Is if the business owner is obviously busy, having a team to do it, having a business like obviously ourselves or any of the other businesses that are out there that can provide those services to a customer are very, you know, b beneficial to help maybe relieve some of that time. And then outside of that, it's just empowering your, you know, your own team to say, Hey, take content of me, 
you know, if you're the business owner, tell the story. We were just talking to a local business. They're super packed restaurant, but he doesn't feel like right now while we might get a shot with them is that he wants to tell a story more. Where does this meat come from? Where does the products come from? Why do I do this? You know, why am I, why I'm, I show up every day. This place is packed every day. We're not talking about the appetizer you're going to buy. Cause this mm. is, they, they, they're like known for like, this is a certain eggplant and there's certain, uh, uh, bread pudding that everyone freaking buys. It's just, people go there for this. It's just, they, he's figured it out, you know, mm. but we don't want to talk about that. You know, mm. we want to talk about the story, why you're in this, why you want to do this. So part of it too, Jonathan is just listening to your customer. It's not necessarily telling him what's going to work, but I hope to at some point get this guy to at least do one of the three things we talked about. Mm. Like, I don't think we maybe be funny with him because he's, he's a high-end restaurant. So I don't know if we can necessarily do crappy memes. So let's just be real. I mean, I don't know if it's going to work for him, but we could still maybe be a motivational kind of have that day, you know, and then we can give away stuff. We could possibly give away stuff so that we get that engagement with the brand, you know, mm-hmm. give away a 50 or a hundred dollar gift card. As, uh, as we kind of get to the end of, of our episode, Absolutely, I'm, brother. I'm actually, you. I'm a, uh, I'm sad. We're going to have to do this again at some point because there's more we could cover, but um, if you're talking to a small business, you know, for right. any of the small business owners out there, even people that are aspire to own a small business who, um, you know, possibly think, oh, my life's not that interesting or some of these other things, but they're thinking of producing content. Maybe they have limited time, right? We all, all have, you know, busy lives and everything yes. else. Where would you say they spend their time? Like on what social media platform? Cause you could listen to Gary yes. Vee and he's yelling about, LinkedIn and TikTok, and you could spend your entire day creating two white pages for LinkedIn and two TikTok videos, and that's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you got your kids, and you got whatever else you're right. doing. You're going to the gym, you know. So, um, if you are talking to a small business owner, yes. they're looking to put some content out on social media. They don't know where to start. Yes. They know that they have all these options. Some people are saying Facebook's dead, organic reach on or Instagram's going down, TikTok's right. where you should be, LinkedIn's good, is it not for my business, what should I be doing, right? Where, what advice would you give to them? You know what, folks? I, I, I would say one of my negatives is that I'm not strong on any one platform, you know? So I've always embraced all the platforms. Now, I'm not on TikTok quite yet. I did put a profile together, but I didn't figure it quite out because it was like, you know, all these little kids engaging with you and stuff, it didn't make quite as much sense. If I was to give you one right now, I would go with Gary Vee on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is the game changer for business. If we're talking about business, I think LinkedIn is the game changer. If you're talking about your local business, Facebook is still the game changer. Mm-hmm. You can target like one mile around your business. We did this for a local burger restaurant. They were in a very popular area, and but they're uh, and they're new, but they're in the midst of a bunch of other new restaurants in the same area. So. Mm-hmm. What you can do is just target like one mile away or two miles away from your location. Make a bubble around your location. People aren't going to drive that far for food, folks. Just remember this. Two, three miles at the most. Most time people are going to drive for food or convenience things. They're not, unless it's like you have to have it. You know, you're going to drive 20 minutes or, you know, real, real far. For the most part, people are going to drive pretty close. And hit them over the head with your ads on boosted posts. So we started boosting this guy's post, come up with offers. And this guy was like going, like saying he was going out of business a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, dude, things are popping, man. We got things going here. And it was just that. It wasn't like we were focused on everybody around the, in the whole world uh, in this area. It was just, okay, 
well, the two to three people, two to three miles, you know, the people that are willing to drive and then are close, well, let's get them to see this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. because they're probably going to pick up a burger here and there, you know, and if that guy can pick up one of those people a week or one a month, that's a, that's a win for his business. You know, it doesn't take a lot in the, in the restaurant business for it to be a win, mm -hmm. uh, especially, especially for local restaurants right now. Cause I think they are struggling. I think mm -hmm. that I still, I, I still feel this guys. I think we're still in a recession right now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I, I feel I'm still optimistic. I'm you had optimistic. to drop that in there right at the end. You now we're definitely gonna have to talk. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. Hey, bro, I really appreciate you, man. Also for your audience too, if if you're interested, for them, if I could give them a little value, we've done something. Well, we'll actually track your mentions okay. on social for 30 days. So if you're a small business, local business, or just a person, have a podcast, whatever. I was even saying for you, my man, we're gonna want to put you in there, and it provides this intelligence software around the people that are talking about you on social. So if you go to realtime outsource slash or realtime outsource.com slash be real and we'll uh, we'll do this for free. We're not trying to take any credit cards. This is not some scam to get. It's really to try to figure obviously the audience size or the, the, the value of giving back to podcasts specifically. And then also secondarily, we weren't using this stuff completely. So I was like, hey, let's maximize this. And I've actually was like, this is awesome just to give back to the guests of uh, the shows that I've been on to be honest with you. And a few of them were like, this is cool, really cool insights, you know, to see their top influencers, see who's sharing their messages the most. And then also what it gives you too, my man, Jonathan is correlating topics. So the things that you're talking about, it will also show maybe correlating hashtags and things that other people are talking about, you know, mm -hmm. for you. Um, so yeah, man, I, I, and I think for you, you're going to continue to keep uh, killing it, man. I love your interview style. I think you're so blessed as far as your business. I can see you, you know, you at the end of the day, the podcast game is still early, folks. Yeah. I don't really think, think this so. is too late. This is this is just the beginning of a big movement. People now have these little pod AirPods in their ear everywhere you go, the little, you know, AirPods, and they're listening to podcasts. And so don't be afraid to start a show like my man and myself with the B Row show and your awesome show. Because for sure, first off, you can do it for your business, but just for you to interview cool people. It's just so fun to interview people uh, and also get the opportunities because a lot of times these people aren't going to ever talk to you. Yep. Me and you would never talk to each other if I had not, if we had not made this happen. You'd be like, who the hell is this guy, real-time outsource? No. And now, my man, I feel like there's a bond. You create a totally. bond when you do these things. And so That's a then good point. And you keep going. You just keep going. So thank All you. Right. For for anyone who wants to go check out your content, you guys, I really I highly encourage you to check it out. Where can they find you on social? Where can they engage with you? Pl plug yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Two Tallin. So two Tallin. Two. The number two, T-A-L-L-I-N on Instagram. Or if you type that in on any of the Google networks, you'll find me. What's that well cat page? We got to know. You got to shut that cat funny page cats. Up, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, funny cats on social media is on uh, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash cats make us laugh is the All cat right. page. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you type me on Travis Huff, H-U-F-F, -F, on any of the platforms or on LinkedIn, please add me and check it out. I, I'm not I'm, – I'm more along the lines of Gary Vee. You know, I'm not trying to sell you into anything. You know, I think that the, there's a big value of just giving back and, and, and to the people that are listening, you know, to the people that are listening to our shows that are that are the, the listeners. It's something cool to give back to them, you know, because this totally. is a whole new format. And if the more passionate listeners you have, then it builds. And so we've I've seen this. You've probably seen it as well. Just as you keep putting shows out, as you keep getting cool guests out, it keeps building. 
And we'll do our very best to make sure this show goes viral too. And everything we can do, we might even have to put this on the funny cat page. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have cats. We need to get a cat. We need to get a cat and be like, right at the end, little little pop. But anyways, Travis, thank you. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for being on. Gave a lot of value. Brought the fire, like you said. The fuego. I love it. Uh, Have a killer day, and we'll talk soon. Our brother. Thank you so much. Have All a right, blessed thank, day, guys. Thanks, you guys. Thanks thank for you. tuning in.